Hi, and welcome to That International Life. This is Rachel Irvine, and today we have a special guest from various parts of the world. But uh, right now she's in Germany, Steffi uh, Krul. 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 How do you say it? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what you were just saying, is you, you don't, you, even in your family, this is a debate. It is. It is. We've had many a dinner table discussion. Um not come to any good conclusions. <laughs> so is it like 50-50 divided or does uh, part of the family, you know, how does, how it, does this get divided? Who says? It depends on who you ask. My grandma, she says like crawl, like you don't walk, you crawl. Ah. Um, right. Which is kind of odd. I think most of us go for cruel. Um, we try to avoid cruel. Oh, yeah, because, that's, you know, that's an it's adjective. Cruel. <laughs> yeah, and my, and my grandpa's name is Les, so it's kind of oh, that's either awesome. good or bad. <laughs> no, that could be yes. really funny. It is. Less really cruel. Funny. Exactly. Oh, yes. man. That's great. <laughs> yes, yes. And for those uh, who are listening and not seeing this uh, written, it's K R U L L. Yes. So, so say it how you want. But how is it in German? You said you were. Uh, it's. Yeah, it's a goal of mine to learn how to say it. it it's, I'm going to give it a shot. Cool. Cool. I, it's really hard. The R and the U, I just can't make it work. Oh, man. And it's um, right after a hard K. Mm. It is. It's just a struggle. Yeah. A struggle. That, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't envy you. Because, <laughs> um, because now, well, my last name, Irvine, they don't ever, well, no one knows how to say it. So when I go to the, the office here, uh, they finally started calling me uh, Pani, which is like Mrs., right? But <laughs> yes. it's Pani Irvine, so instead of Irvine, so it's Irvine. So now that's what people will call me as a joke. I like it. Yeah. I so like it a lot. It sounds pretty mm-hmm. official, you know. It does. Pani Irvine, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so your last name, uh, that's, is it German? It is, yes. My family, way back in the day, originally from Germany. However, um, when I started learning Polish a few years ago, I learned that my last name is actually the German spelling of king in yeah, Polish. Cruel. Yeah, Yeah, That's exactly. why I was saying, like, cruel, and then I realized it sounds like cruel in right, English. Right, mm. yes. Yeah, so it means nothing in German, but I'm royalty in Poland. Yes, see, that, that works. <laughs> I know. Seems I know. like you got a, a good a good deal mm-hmm. in that. Definitely. So, um, which reminds, so you're in Germany currently. Why are you in Germany? I'm in Germany um, because I'm a PhD student. I study history. Um, and in our fourth year in my program, we go and do what, what's called quote field work, which just basically means like holding up in, in an archive. You don't yeah. sleep in a field. No, no, mm-hmm. There's not nothing frequently. to do with fields. No, no. It's okay. a kind of a misnomer. Yeah. Um, it's, it's code for like going and sitting on your rear for months at a time in an archive. Ah. So, yeah. So I've been in Germany, um, on and off since last September, a year now. Um, so I'm, I'm back in Germany after a few months away and I'm doing a little bit more research. So, and when are you going to be finished with this? (laughs) Finished with the research or finished (laughs) with like the PhD? Oh man. Um, the PhD. (laughs) Ideally like spring, summer of 2018. Oh, wow. I know. So you're just collecting all the, all the data now and then you're going to have to go back and write and 
do yes. that kind of stuff. Yes. And I'll probably have to be back next summer to do a bit more research. Ah. We'll see. More field work. Exactly. Yeah. Field work. Yes. You've got it. Yes. <laughs> well, so um, when I first met you, you were telling me about this and it's kind of interesting uh, because you were in Poland for a while studying. That's how we met. Uh, or you were in an archive. So when you were able to get out and about, we would kind of talk. Yes. But what exactly <laughs> are you studying? Because, you know, this being in Germany and Poland, what do you what do you plan on writing about? That's a great question. Um, do you not know? I no, okay. I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Maybe we can help you. <laughs> Perfect. No, I have a, a general idea. Um, so I am writing about... Um, is it okay if I give a little bit of background to the history? Before? Do it. No, no that'll make my project make more sense. No, okay. we do need we do need that. We okay. want it all to make sense. Great, I will do my best. Um, then feel free to ask questions. So um, basically, I am studying an area um, and the people from this area that's in Western Poland um, today, but used to be east, um, like the eastern part of Germany. And so after World War II, the Allies got together in Potsdam and they made what is called the Potsdam Agreement. Very, very clever title. Mm. Um, and Easy in this agreement, I know, genius, right? Mm-hmm. Um, clearly bearing the influence of being in Germany. They had to be very practical with their naming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the Potsdam Agreement, they basically decided to shift around the borders of Central and Eastern Europe. And... Um, And then they decided to make the populations of those new countries match, you know, just to be homogenous. The idea was that a lot of the conflict um, that had caused or come up after World War One and led into World War Two would be solved if everyone were just in their nice little like national places, you know, and then everyone can get along. They just Poles in Poland, Germans in Germany, we're going to make a Ukraine, et cetera. Um, Right. Nice solution. Yes, yes, it's worked very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so to do that, though, um, they had to move a lot of people around. And the nice word for that is population transfers. Um, in reality, it ended up being a little more chaotic and violent than uh, easy, you know, transfers, um, so to speak. And so 12 to 14 million Germans um, were expelled from um, Eastern Europe. And uh, they were mainly moved, you know, to East and West Germany, what became East and West Germany at the end of the war. Um, and a lot of them came from Poland. Um, and what's interesting about the Polish case is that um, Poland that we have today, it did not look that way when it was like, you know, reconstituted after World War One mm-hmm. um, and got its independence again. It's actually since World War Two been shifted about 125 miles to the West. So the area that you're living in right now in Wrocław, um, German Breslau used to be German. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so all of the population from there, the German population was pretty much uprooted um, and kicked out and then replaced with Poles from what is now uh, Western Ukraine because um, Poland's Eastern borders were shifted too. So that is the backstory. These people are called expellees because they were expelled and they end up living in Germany after World War II. But they were not all of the Germans. Um, about a million, 1.1 million Germans ended up staying in Poland after the war. Um, some of them were needed for, uh, like, you know, technical knowledge. Like, they um, were kind of experts that were needed to rebuild the country. Um, 
others, the majority of them were able to stay because they were either married to Poles or um, showed the ability to like become Polish, quote unquote, (laughs) Um, or especially in the area where you are, they were Silesian. Um, The really like fancy word is autochton, I think. Like it's really hard to say. Silesian even sounds fancy. Yeah. But there's a fancier word. Yes. Oh, man. (laughs) Man, I know. Um, So they were in this borderland region, and they'd always kind of been between Germany and Poland and had their own identity. Um, So they stay after the war. They, quote, become Polish. Their kids really don't learn German or anything. Um, And until um, basically in the mid-70s, late or early mid-70s, there's a border agreement between Germany and Poland, like this treaty, first diplomatic relations in the Warsaw Treaty in 1970, ratified in 72, um, kind of normalized relations between Germany and Poland. Within that made it easier for these Germans, ethnic Germans as they were called, um, to leave Poland for West Germany. And so I am studying these people. They're called um, Aussiedler in German, um, Wischedlenitz, Wischedlenitz in Polish, and that means resettlers. And so in the 70s and 80s, a lot of them, um, about depending on the year, like 50,000 a year, would leave legally or illegally for West Germany. So I'm looking at how their experiences as this minority, German minority um, in Poland affected their integration into West German society. That is my long answer for what I'm doing here. <laughs> that was actually pretty short for oh, how many okay. years you put into it. That's pretty this impressive. This is true. <laughs> and it, it, I've actually, I think I've tried to like sum that up to people who are here and it, it you do it well. Like, I think that next time I'm just going to play the podcast to be like, here we have, and then hit the play button. <laughs> and this is how this happened. So, um, Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And then do you know, uh, I was curious because when I learned about this, it was during uh, my, uh, well, it was at university when I was learning Polish. So I don't know if I know the facts uh, very well. But when um, all of the Germans were expelled from uh, Wrocław, did they, uh, there was like a, a lot of them died, right? On on the way, yeah, on the way. Mm -hmm. Historians estimate somewhere between five hundred thousand and one point five million died along the way. Yeah, and that was because uh, it was in winter, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them, especially left Rotswav in like January to you know February of nineteen forty five. Wow. Yeah, and so they were just um, basically told to leave. They didn't have much say in that that no no exactly um that being said like there are if you want to get into the nitty-gritty like different phases of the germans leaving so um there it started really in 1944 when it became clear that germany was losing the war um the remaining population in the east and that you know it wasn't really soldiers it was like women and children elderly people and um, the the Russian army, the Red Army, was heading west toward Berlin. And so they wanted to get out of the way of the vindictive, um, mm-hmm. you know, moving of the Russian army. So first wave of people were those fleeing ahead of the Russians to the oh. west. Um, and then later, yeah, there were the expulsions. And they kind of went in phases, especially in Wrocław. Um, there was a phase in which Germans and Poles the new Polish people um, ended up living together for a a couple of years. 
uh, to help rebuild the city. And then once the city was pretty much, you know, on the right track, the remaining Germans were kicked out. So, so. did the did the Germans at that time know well, that there were the ones that were here, like mm-hmm. helping rebuild the city? Did they know that they were going to be kind of booted out or? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was the Polish administration, especially in the Western area, which is called the recovered territories in Polish, um, had made it pretty clear that their de-Germanization and re-Polonization, those are mm. fun terms. Mm. Um, their policies were pretty strict, like example, you know, removed names, uh, German names on buildings, um, German tombstones even. Wow. So like inscriptions on tombstones were erased. Oh my goodness. Um, right. In an attempt to reclaim this area as Polish um, and erase any German history. Wow, that's so, intense. Yeah. There's a really good book about, actually, about Breslau Wrocław um, by a historian from uh, the University of Pittsburgh. His name is Gregor Thum, T H U M. And the book is called Uprooted. Um, it's a really good book. And since you're living there, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, that, that's cool. And actually, I, I'm looking into trying to become one of the free walking tour guides. So oh, I need nice. To, and you definitely to check this I, out. I was going to look into what yeah historical books to read. Um, currently, I'm reading a little kid's book in Polish about it, but I think I might need something in English. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it'll help my me remember <laughs> it because I can't remember dates in Polish. But... Um, oh no, or say them so yeah, hard. Yeah, I definitely can't say them. I just kind of mumble when I get to that point. Roku. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was old. A long time ago. Davno, davno yes. A long time ago. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, oh, that's so interesting. So, um, what has been like one of the most, uh, or is there something that really sticks out to you? Uh, in all of this that you're learning about people or like, is there a story that you read maybe in your research about a specific person that really um, stood out to you? Yeah. Good question. Um, There are many stories. Let me try to think of a a really good one. So the sources that I'm reading, unfortunately tend to be really administrative sources. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to, from them, get at, like, what are individual people actually thinking? Um, Right. Um, But there there are sometimes moments where, like, people, like, find their way through. You know, you can get a a glimpse of their stories and their voices. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's one guy that I stumbled across when I was actually in Wrocław in the Institute of National Remembrance there. Um, His name was Herbert Piontek. Um, and I know you know Polish in case your mm-hmm. the listeners don't. Um, Piątek is Friday in Polish. Um, P A or P I, you know, A with a tail, um, T E K. But this guy was very insistent that he is German. Um, he's in the German minority, and his name is not spelled that way. It is spelled in the German way, P I O N T E K. Um, and in his complaints, he's from the, the region that you're in, so Silesia, Wrocław area, he wanted to start a German minority organization to, like, kind of keep the culture going, you know, have a German newspaper, do Germany, German-type events, um, etc. And he, as a result, got kind of on the, the watch list, the spy, uh-huh. um, being spied by, like, the, eh, you know, the, the secret police kind of people in Poland. Um, and so anyway, it's funny because one of his complaints is that they keep like misspelling his name on purpose, um, and making it Polish when it's not. Um, 
Right. And so he, with his group of like 15 buddies, tried to start this organization. They raised like, you know, they sent a lot of applications, complaints, whatever, to the the government to be like, we want to start this, let us start this, et cetera. Um, And tried for years to do this after also trying, like having applications to get out of Poland and to no no avail. Um, And basically what ended up happening, what I can gather from the files is they got so annoying um, to the administration. They finally said, we're just going to let this guy go because he's driving us nuts. (laughs) (laughs) So that is how Mr. Friday ended up getting to go to Germany. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. So it's a pretty common story. Like the Polish government was um, really like strategic in who they let go because they got thousands of applications for exit visas. They were very, very stingy on who they gave them to, but like basically anyone they decided was too, it wasn't work hardworking or like too old or sick or whatever, like, We'll send those off. And then like, if you can be annoying enough, you can get out. That's awesome. I think that's how I ended up with a residency card for three years or two and a half because I was so annoying. That makes sense. It's like that passage, you know, the parable of the widow. And she just keeps going and going. (laughs) She does. Not because the judge really cares, but just so the judge will like have some peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think at one point for my residency card, I sent an email every day. I would oh send goodness. it every day, the same email and like change the title. So it just kept coming through. And finally they're like, stop emailing and I'm all answer my questions. And then I keep sending Please. it. So yeah, I mean, I guess it works sometimes, it especially with government and, you know, the mm-hmm. way it's set up here for sure. Well, that's, re- <laughs> that's really interesting. So did you, um, do you get to interview uh, people who are alive or just archives? So I'm not officially doing interviews or Oral history is the term, you know, field work, oral history, fun, fancy, official terms. Um, I'm not doing that partially because I um, came into this particular project too late to really organize that. It requires a lot of just organization to uh, identify and then coordinate with different people. Um, But the other bit is that there's really not much existing literature like not very many people have written about these Aussiedler um which is is kind of fun for me you know it's like it's like when you go and play in the snow and there's a lot of snow that hasn't been trampled on yet yeah, like make snow. angels exactly um do what I want with it and so there I think that the story from um just administrative files needs to be written um that being said I do when when I tell people when I'm studying they're like oh yeah like that's my family story or, oh yeah, my best friend, such and such. So I do stumble upon people a lot. Um, and it's really interesting to talk with them and, you know, they kind of tell me a little bit and I'm like, oh, so then this and this and this. And they're like, yeah, how did you know that? I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> it's a common story. <laughs> it, exactly. Like your, your family story, like I could have written for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know how this goes. Yeah. Um, so that's been kind of fun to then, I guess, get confirmation that okay what I'm finding actually happened um I'm on the right track I'm not misreading my Polish or German or making things up um but one day maybe if I continue in this academic route and uh, with this particular research I would love to do some interviews um so we'll see yeah that's pretty crazy um and so what led you into kind of uh 
wanting to study this <laughs> because like, it's pretty no specific because you're is. you're originally from kansas i am yes um from kansas and i study at emory in atlanta okay um and i don't have a good answer for that it it's so interesting how things develop um i came to grad school thinking i was going to study 19th century religious history mm-hmm Right. Um, and got there and realized, man, that doesn't sound very exciting. I want to study the Cold War. That sounds cool. <laughs> Bad pun intended. Um, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll insert a laugh track later. Thank you. Yeah, Perfect. Don't worry. <laughs> Looking forward to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then, but didn't really have specific ideas beyond that. Um until my advisor sat me down my first semester in grad school and asked like the question that is terrifying and strikes fear in the hearts of all grad students. She said, so what exactly are you going to do here? Um, and I said, I don't know, but I like Eastern Europe. And so she said, okay, learn Polish. So I like then went to the library literally right after that Googled Polish programs, um, applied to two, got into one and ended up studying Polish the last few summers. And so my project really developed from that. Like, what could I do that involved both Germany and Poland? Um, I'm not really sure how I became interested in migration, but at some point I did. I just, I find it very, like, really interesting what, like, the movement of people has to do, how that affects identity and, like, the way that, um, you know, ideas of the nation are shaped and, just the experience of moving, maybe because I grew up in Kansas and haven't moved ever, you know, um, it's just so different to me. So I originally started out studying the expellees, the people who came right after the war that I mentioned earlier. Um, and after coming to do my fieldwork research, I discovered that that just wasn't going to work. There was too much there. Um, the snow had already been packed down and yeah. there was not room to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the process, I just stumbled across some stuff about these Aussiedler, these resettlers, and hadn't really heard about them before, um, found them really interesting, and kind of through, you know, a very long series of um, working through my thoughts and my notes and crying a bit, decided to move from <laughs> my, <laughs> a lot of tears, um, from my original topic to my current one, and I'm very, very glad I did. So there's really no good reason and it's super specific because that's what you have to do in a phd like they say when you're done you'll be an expert in something like you know a centimeter wide (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's exciting yeah yeah, at least you have a couple hundred miles wide you know you have like a a bigger area than a centimeter well said yeah well said yeah (laughs) you got a whole region kind of yes yeah well, and I've, uh, I think it's it's been interesting to think more about this as we've talked before, but just the idea that like uh, the people who ended up staying, the Germans who stayed mm-hmm. in Poland and um, how some of them ended up trying to move back to Germany, but then they didn't have a place. Is that correct? Like they didn't feel like they fit in? Yeah. Yeah. They were more Polish than German when they ended up going to Germany. Um, and yet they still felt like they were German. But they didn't have a place in Germany. Right, right. Well, and it's kind of crazy because they didn't have a place in either place. Um, that's redundant sounding, but yeah, well, like no. in 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 Poland they were German, um, and they 
it comes up a lot in the files that they complain about, you know, discrimination, that um, they can't get as good of jobs or they don't get paid as much or um, they can't have their organizations, their whatever, especially in these recovered territories in the West, if they spoke German or if they um, had a German, clearly what used to be a German last name, et cetera. Um, and so they're German in Poland, but then they go to, to Germany and um, they are now the Poles. Um, and it's kind of the word Polak, which I know in Polish is just the name of a Polish male. Um, it's kind of a, not a bad word, but a derogatory term, exactly, mm-hmm. in German. Um, oh, and and even, so in, even in English, you know, all right, the Polish jokes right. are so interesting. It is. It's weird. Um, yeah. So they, they go to Germany and they become the Polacks and they never quite get accepted or many of them don't get accepted fully into German society. So it's, it's tricky. Like I, you know, people move for different reasons. Um, some of them, at least initially in the seventies, a lot of people move because they want to be reunited with their family members who had left after the war. Um, so there's this, it's called the family reunification program. Um, it was in cooperation with the Red Cross. Um, so like that was a reason initially, but as the seven, late you seventies know, and eighties went on, it really became a lot about economic reasons. I think, you know, Poland wasn't doing quite as well, um, as a communist country and opportunities in the West were, seemed a lot more promising if, especially if you could prove that you were German, um, and get, get out. Um, but then when people got there, they realized, Hey, this isn't as easy or ready-made as I thought it would be. Um, and so a lot of disillusionment, it's a very typical, um, in that way, like I think a very typical migration story. Mm Um, but it's interesting because it's one tied to this like assertion of national identity and, you know, belonging wanting to belong but um finding that to be harder than in reality so yeah it's we'll see um there are people who are studying kind of the second generation of these folks and um how they fit in um so yeah but this feeling of being in between is very common yeah that seems even when uh, i was talking to otavio on the podcast he was talking about uh, the Polish immigration to Brazil and how, mm-hmm. you know, it was promised that, you know, they would have uh, work and it would a, a better place. And, and so they went and it was a lot harder than they thought, yeah. which, like you said, is a kind of a typical disillusionment, which right. reminds me of Fievel yes. Goes West. Or no, <laughs> Fievel, yes. no, Fievel, an American tale. Fievel, first, yeah, Fievel. yeah, yeah, the first one. Because yes. they think there's no cats in America. And then... They exactly. think it's going to be better and they get here and there are cats and so, exactly. or they get there to America. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, that kind of, if you want to know more about immigration, watch Fievel, uh, an American tale and you will yes. kind of get the whole, and then <laughs> the second generation is Fievel goes West, right? That's the, yes. that's the next yes. <laughs> Get all of your information <laughs> exactly. from cartoons. <laughs> yes. If you want to boil yes. it down to a basic <laughs> understanding, just watch a cartoon. <laughs> yeah exactly no but i mean i guess that might be oversimplifying it but you know so the germans yeah so that's yeah they moved because i mean it's it seems like yeah like you said that's such a common uh story that you know Mm -hmm. it's like oh it's going to be better and so you don't study how they 
felt after they got there. It's just kind of like when they left. I do a little bit, but I end with like 1990. Um, So it makes history a lot trickier because people are still alive (laughs) and they can argue back. I know. I used to hang out with dead people and now it's much more complicated. I know because then they can change their story. Exactly. And they can tell me I'm wrong. But yeah, so no, I'm not really looking at beyond that partially because that would just be too much. But also because in the early 90s, um, with the collapse of communism in, in the Soviet Union, um, there ended up being a huge wave of, they're called Russian Germans or Russlandeutsche. Mm-hmm. So like my Polish ones, um, I claim in their mind, my mm-hmm. Polish people yes. um, get like... Well, you're cruel. Superseded? So you're, exactly. You're, exactly. You're um, <laughs> um, they end up being completely overwhelmed or replaced by these Russian Germans. Oh, so wow. the story ends up shifting. Yeah. Um, it's a whole other book. It is. It's not mine because I don't speak Russian. <laughs> yeah. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> no. No. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so is there something for you uh, kind of... Is there some like thing that really stood out to you as far as a lesson that you've learned from what, all this history or, or is it just kind of the details right now? Yeah. I guess you haven't gotten to the place where you can stamp, step back and write more, but I don't know. Right. Okay. I think I have one and it's not one that will get into the book that I'm going to write the no, no. dissertation when I'm done, but yeah, it's, I think a good reminder, um, this like sense of disillusionment that the people experience. And, you know, I, I'm not, I wasn't there. I don't know what their lives were like before they left. And a lot of like Poland and there are a lot of complicated things that go into making a big decision like that. Um, but, and maybe they end up being better off because they went to Germany, but there's a piece of me that, that feels kind of sad when I read these stories because they end up not really being happy in either place. And, I think it's a good reminder for me as a believer and as someone who has done a heck of a lot of relocating in the last um, year, especially the last several months and has gone through just grad school is hard, um, you know, gone through a lot of tricky things with it to be content where you are. And that that really Mm. is a choice like your circumstances. Yes do have an impact and they do inform how you feel and how, um, you know, what's, what you're able to do with your life. But like, ultimately it's not where you are that, or your material, you know, situation or whatever that can make you happy. Like it's, it's really your attitude and a choice. And, um, as a believer, I, I find that gratitude is really important, you know, being thankful intentionally thankful for whatever a situation I'm in, even if it's like crummy and, (laughs) you know, my, my experience, like the last few months of being like, I'm in the archive for the umpteenth day in the row until 7 PM. And like, I'm so tired of this and no, I'm not grateful all the time, but like recognizing that like, it doesn't matter where I am. I, I, in the moment choosing to be, um, I can choose to make the most of it and to be happy kind of. So yeah. <laughs> oh, that's um, good. It's been good for perspective. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's something that's, I've even thought the more you hear of those stories. Yeah. Like you said, you don't know exactly what they were going through. And no. I'm sure once they got to the the new country or region, they had to 
again, kind of learn that lesson for themselves yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. That, mm-hmm. that it wasn't about where they were, you know. It's, right, right. It's such a, we have to be content where we're at because mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there's no silver lining on, you know, the next place. It's not going right. to be perfect. Right, exactly. And as I'm looking to transition back into the States in just a few weeks, like trying to remember that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah. Are you at all nervous about that? I am. I am not looking forward to reverse culture shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is uh, what is something you're looking forward to, though, going back? I'm really looking forward to seeing my family and friends. Like, yeah. Yeah. it will be really good. Um, yeah. And especially, like, just plugging back into my community in Atlanta. Um, yeah. 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 Even after being away for, like, a year and a half, I'm excited. <laughs> That's awesome. So. Yeah. Yes. Um, there... And I'm looking forward to ice and free refills. Ice. <laughs> <laughs> free water. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, that's, it'll be awesome. <laughs> it's a funny, like, certain things that, you know, you end up being like, oh. Yeah. I wish that I had water with my food. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want to pay <laughs> for it. Smuggle in my water bottle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and I'm so cheap. I can't. I never. I know. There's like a little piece of your soul that dies. Yeah. I'm like, this is a very expensive water. And in, yeah. And mm-hmm. in our minds, it's free and it should not exactly. be paid for. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's good. So you're going to be just full of liquid when you go back. Mm-hmm. Very hydrated. Bills. Everywhere. <laughs> yes. All the time. Oh, man. It's going to be great. And mm-hmm. um, this is a side note, but you are training currently for uh, a race. Is that correct? I am. I'm running the Berlin Marathon oh, in man. three weeks. That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you doing it alone or you have someone to run with you? No, I'm doing it alone with oh. like 40,000 other people. Oh, but. yeah. That's good. <laughs> yes. Well, is there going to be someone there to cheer you on or it's just alone? I, I'm i hoping my friends will turn out. Um, oh, right. From the, you, have, from, you do have yeah, friends in Berlin. I do okay. have friends in Berlin. Okay, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and a nice thing... Or it could be a frustrating thing we'll see about the races here in Berlin is they put your first name on your bib. And so like, and it's really big. So people can shout to you like, keep going, Stephanie. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's better. Maybe it's, uh, if they put your first name, it sounds a little better than the German pronunciation of your last name. If they were yelling that. This is very true. That that would sound like they're like, they're cursing at you or something. (laughs) You're all, oh, stop yes. it. Stop saying that. Exactly. Um, um, well, what date is that again? The marathon? The, Sunday the 25th. Mm. So three weeks from tomorrow. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. Okay. So if anyone is listening and they're in Germany or in Europe and you want to go <laughs> cheer Steffi on in the marathon, Sunday the 25th is the day. It's going to be yes. exciting. Yeah. And, and you, you'll, be, you'll know who she is because of her name on her on her bib yes so yes it'll be good well that's exciting well i appreciate you coming on today for sure and even Thanks though for having me i wish that uh we could maybe we'll have you back for more when when you when you've even studied a little uh well when you've gone back and you're now collecting more thoughts because i feel yes. like i want to sit down and hear more and more of the history of all of this but well maybe i'll start a historical podcast too <laughs> and we'll just go on in stories, but but this was even exciting to get a glimpse of uh, you know the history of this area and region and 
you know, hear what, what you're doing for sure. But, um, and what was that book again? The Vratov? Yeah, it's called Uprooted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's by Gregor Tum, T H U M. He is the like real life version of a jolly green giant. He's huge. Oh, like, a big is he green? Bear. Like, no, unfortunately not. Oh, but like, it. yeah. Photoshop. <laughs> Photoshop will fix that. Yes. Yes. I believe in you. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm going to go look him up online after this. Maybe you'll find it in the show notes. Yes. That'll be Perfect. great. Um, and is there anything else that you'd like to uh, say or add to uh, your, your history? Is there something that I missed? No, I can't think of anything. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it was fun. And um, like I said, I'm excited to um, just kind of hear more of this history and share it with other people because I find it fascinating that I'm living in a city that wasn't uh, Polish right. before and, and has, you know, there's a lot of history here that it's just pretty amazing. And here, and I've talked to Germans and I've talked to Polish people and it's such a an interesting perspective because, of course, mm-hmm. everyone has different ideas of, you know, this area because right. right. Germans still say it's German, so... They do. Yes. It's actually one really interesting thing. Um, So all the cities in Silesia, this like border region, um, have both a German and a Polish name. But to my knowledge, only Breslau, Wrocław is like, that's the one that is called Breslau in German and Wrocław in Polish. Like, and it's okay to do that. The others all go by their Polish name now to Germans. It's really odd. Yeah. I don't know what it is about this particular city. Maybe it's because it's like one of the biggest cities in this area too. So, Mm -hmm. because even when when you fly in with like when I'm flying from uh, Germany, it is Breslau. Right. It's odd. Whereas like Szczecin doesn't become Szczecin. Oh yeah. And that's a, that's a border. Right. Right. And Katowice used to be Katowice, but you, it's just, it's Katowice. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So it's odd. Maybe worth looking into. For yeah. you or for me. <laughs> yes. Maybe that can yes. be a chapter. And so when you finish, yeah. you're going to have like an actual book. Kind right. Of. I'll have a dissertation. so like a 350-page paper thereabouts wow. that ideally I would turn into a book. We won't add that to the show notes when it's published, but maybe <laughs> there's a possibility to it'd be, it'd be an interesting read, I think. Yes. All that hard work, you know, mm-hmm. put it out there. Sweat, blood, and tears. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yes. A lot of work. Well, um, I know you have some stuff going on today, so I'll let you go. But thank you so okay. much for being here. And, um, uh, yeah, if you want to check out, uh, maybe I'll put some pictures up of Breslau, Wrocław, you know, and some, if you have anything, maybe pictures you can send me, we can put on the show notes, Perfect. check it out. And, um, yeah, good luck on your marathon and (laughs) thank you. And if anyone wants to subscribe, you can go to uh, iTunes or on SoundCloud and go to thatinternationallife.com for the RSS feed and be sure to rate it and send it to your friends if you enjoy it. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. (laughs) Bye.